Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dungeon Boys. My name is Keith, and I will be your DM. Josh, playing the ever-lovable Arlo, your forest gnome druid. Uh, John, playing Eros, the trickster cleric. What race? The trickster cleric. What race? Uh, oh, yeah, tiefling. Tiefling. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And I am Bryce, playing the high elf paladin. Terrible combination, but high elf paladin, Jack Law. I am Xenus, uh, playing the Osimar barbarian known as Grim. Yes. Hello, hey, welcome to the stream. That he's awesomer than the rest of us. Always awesomer. Yep, it's in the name. <laughs> the awesomer. Man, boys, y'all's webcam be grimy. This program streams, and no, it's not your fault. This program streams, like, depending upon your internet speed, it automatically, you know, drops down to 280p or whatever so chat enjoy yourself at least you can see the shape of the dungeon boys tonight. i just want everybody out there to know i'm naturally pixelated so hey on camera (laughs) keith that's the brandon you met it hey brandon Uh, game night there you go i believe it I believe it. Thank you for that resub with Prime, Brandon. You only get one of those a month. White t-shirt is a bit quiet. That's Zenus. He has a name. It's written right there, Hale. On his white t-shirt. It's written right above his head. It's not. It's he hasn't not. said a whole lot yet. Welcome, Dom. How y'all doing? We're recording a podcast. He, You are a little bit quiet, Mr. Grimm. Is there any way you can... Uh... There is nothing I can do about that. <laughs> okay. <It's> <laughs> I need. I, I will eventually get a microphone, but I mean, I was hoping to use the webcam that I bought, but this You're is good my laptop's webcam, so. You're good now. You're good. I'm watching the waveform. As long as you increase that voice, let it carry, ain't nothing wrong with it. Don't let anybody in this chat bother you. Um, anyway, these are the Dungeon Boys. Let me explain the relations. Bryce, John, Josh, the four of us, we are brothers, members of the same family. Zenus. Might as well be a brother of mine. I would if if someone were to ask me to list my brothers, I would put Zenus on that list. And so we're all family here, all dungeon boys, and uh, we're going to play some D and D. You may be surprised if you are a podcast listener. You may be surprised to hear some of the dungeon boys, i.e., Bryce uh, being Jack Law and Zenus being Grim, describe themselves as a paladin and barbarian, respectively, because they did not play those types of characters last time. And you may be thinking, why would a man of the same name be a different class? Well, some of that will be revealed. Some of that will not be revealed, probably. Um, But they are different, same people, and we will get into some explanation of that. I'll do some explanation, kind of, what has happened to Grimm, and I think Jack Law will do kind of his own helping us to understand a little bit of what's happened to him as yeah. well as it occurs. We'll RP it up. We're going to try to RP it up for you. Um, also, I'm if gonna... any of you out there sound like Keith's version of you, stop listening. We don't need people like you. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you went, oh, I wonder what. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like Elmo. <laughs> I picture all of our listeners that sound like Elmo, not Elbow. Elbow (laughs) Elbow is the off-brand Kmart version of Elmo. (laughs) Just those little 
those little meme packets you find that's like elbow it's almost yeah <laughs> yeah like the t-shirt the the t-shirts you find in like find overseas of people who are making t-shirts that look like our t-shirts but they don't know the language that's the elbow t-shirt the three dollar movies behind the counter at dollar general those are the ones <laughs> that would be the mm-hmm. elbow movie <laughs> anyway no everyone stay here don't leave Everyone, I don't care if you sound like I said you sound like you sound like whatever. This Stay. is a hot Hang situation. <laughs> Welcome, all gamings. Anyway, time for a recap of what happened in the last season. It took Bryce and I two hours to do it together. I'm going to do it in five minutes. Yes. Uh, Jack Law, Arlo, and Grimm joined together. They all decide to become amateur detectives in the Lonesome Investigator Department. They solve a case. They are asked by the leader of the detective agency in Lonesome, a city in Medine, uh, to become part of the Servants of the Scale. The Servants of the Scale are an organization, a grassroots organization that are opposing the High Council of Medin. The High Council is a council of ten wizards that have ultimate governing authoritative power over the continent, and they are currently doing things called cullings, where on a periodic basis they are taking people from their homes and sending them off to work camps. Many people are suspicious that this is a veiled, uh, an attempt at veiling genocide. Uh, so, the servants of the scale are opposed to the High Council, and they seek to overthrow the High Council in some way. And so, these three are enlisted to become a part of that. They are asked to go to the city of Buckland. A lot of adventure happens between <laughs> Lonesome and Buckland, but they arrive. They arrive in Buckland, and they meet the leadership of the servants of the scale at the Full Hammer Mine, Alvin, Albert and Corinne Fullhart. These two are leading the charge, uh, the secret charge, to oppose the High Council. Sadly enough, the High Council is on to them, and they are sending, more than likely, based on what these people believe, they are sending a force to try to overtake the Full Hammer Mine and take out Albert and Corinne Fullhart because they know that they're doing these things against them. They also find out from Albert Fullhart that the whole uh, High Council agenda is wrapped around them obtaining more of this source of power called Planium. It is an, an obsidian-looking element in this universe that is a very, very powerful element that the High Council to uh, Albert's estimation is using to cause imbalance in this plane of existence causing cracks in this plane of existence through which they can gain more power they need more planium to do that so uh the full hammer mine is actually sitting on top of an extremely large vein of this element that the high council wants and so albert's plan being that the high council knows what's going on at the full hammer mine he enlists the three party members to go somewhere else and find a god-made item called Moradin's Tiny Orb. Moradin's Tiny Orb is meant to absorb a certain amount of space on the planet and put it inside the orb. Essentially, very much Patrick Star style, Albert wants to take their operation and move it somewhere else. <laughs> and so the, the party has, enlisted, has been enlisted to do that. Sadly, after their enlistment to do that, Albert Corinne is Albert Fullhart is murdered by a companion that the party was keeping. Misiko turns out to be a a traitor and murders Albert Fullhart. Grimm, just in the last episode, 
stabilizes Albert Fullhart, giving them a timer. I went back and looked of 17 days. It take after seven days, you're unable to do anything with the dead body magically, but uh, Grimm increased that by 10 days. So we had 17 days to save Albert's life. He is stabilized. Corinne was healed after the attack, but at the very end, one of the high council wizards shows up in a rage to take vengeance on the party after they had killed his brother earlier in the campaign. Blinded by his rage, he is unable to stop himself from attacking the party. He's unable to, to pull himself back. He is killed by the party. He turn, He has obviously been somehow altered by planium because his circulatory system is all that remains of his body. Grim touches that circulatory system and an ex magical explosion of cloud and ash encircles the party. Inside that explosion, they feel as both as if they exist and don't exist at the same time. They feel as though they could reach millions of miles but go nowhere at all. They feel as though they are in some sort of limbo between worlds and uh, they hear two or at least one god they know and presumably one other speaking about the fashioning of the world for a brief moment until the, the, the explosion dissipates. And we are now back up to date in the world of Medine. That was not five minutes. Felt longer than that. But no, it was five minutes. Yeah, it was five minutes. Yeah, that was really who you started at four minutes and 45 seconds. It is nine minutes and 40 seconds right now. Dang. Yep. Nice. We did it. We did yeah. it. <laughs> very proud of you. You get a lolly. Um, but a few Please. other things I feel like we need to hit on. Please. Is uh, we're going to be changing our characters up, so we may want to point out who they were before. Okay. Um, Jack was a butcher, and his wife was killed in one of the cullings. Because uh, the cullings, it sounds like they're just like, Straight up going out and murdering them, but you said they uh they haul them off, right? Yeah, yeah. So she was being taken, and she tried to resist, and in the uh, scuffle, she was killed. So now Jack's drive up until this point has been to put a stop to the council, and vigilante style, he has been killing orcs on the down low in the middle of the night. But he is a different it's character, true. so we will get into that. Anybody else want to point out their uh, purpose for life? Uh, Arlo was pretty well wrapped up in like season one, so um, that was a lot of his backstory and stuff there. So, yeah, um, if you want to want to dig some more into that one, definitely check out season one for sure. Back to season one, get back in there. Yeah, right check now. out the Fark arc, right. Graham, who are you, sir? I um, I'm a barbarian now, hey. currently, presently. Um, but it was not always so. Grim uh, started out as a cleric, and uh, I guess Keith, you mentioned you would explain a lot of what happened. So I'll just I'll I'll just leave that for you. But um, Grim's motivation um was pretty much just you know I mean maybe a bit cliche, but he. He grew up in in a town. His father is a, a paladin, so he kind of he grew up with that sense of righteousness and justice, and you know, discerning right from wrong. So he 
saw these like cullings and he had some friends who were actually like targeted. Um, and so he was just like, hang on, that's not right. Like these guys aren't, you know, they're not uh, doing anything worth being taken to like a labor camp. So, um, you know, he, he stepped in and, and kind of got his butt kicked a little bit. Um, and then he's just like, no, this is, this has got to stop. Like this, this isn't right. And he's always, he's always been a bit stronger than the people around him just on average. So he's like, okay, I'm going to like, this is, this is what I've got to do. This is what I can do. And I'm going to try to do it. And that's what led him down the path. <clears throat> Are you guys ready to begin? Yeah. And of huh. course, John is a new addition this season. I should let you know, John is, John has not played with us before, except for a one shot and a couple of our previous season two episodes. Uh, now would be the only chance you could go back and watch those tonight. Cause tomorrow I'm deleting those. And this will be new season two. Um, So John is a new addition whom we will introduce uh, in a little while. Um, But for now, if you're, if you listen to season one, forgive me if I change any voices, I apologize. Um, I'm not a professional voice actor, but I do my best and let's begin. So the picture I have on the screen of this uh, aftermath of a fire um, is the best picture I could find after a quick Google of what it looks like. Just multiply that kind of ashy state of the ground um, in the middle of the forest. Multiply that by about 20, and that's what you awake standing in. All of you come come to your senses whilst you lay upon the ground. Um, the ground is hot under your back. When you stand, all the leaves and needles on the surrounding trees Many uh, and many of the trees in general are just gone out to over about a hundred feet. Um, beneath your feet is loose dirt. It once was vibrant with life and grass, uh, but now it's just loose sandy dirt that feels warm even through your shoes. Um, and after that one hundred foot radius, the greenery uh, returns gradually. Arlo, you ended the season as an elemental. The last thing you were was a giant tower of water with an enemy villain inside of you. Uh, You are no longer that. You are now your forest gnome self lying on this hot sand. Um, You are, you, you feel a a little bit different. You just, you feel like you've experienced something quite magical and powerful. You're confused a bit as to where you are. Uh, but you seem unharmed beyond whatever injuries you sustained in the battle. Grim, you you f- find yourself seated in in the position right where you had touched the the remains of Donald Witherbranch. You remain seated right there, or you you kind of sit up, uh, and you're exactly where you were before. But but something feels different. You feel immediately that your something is different about you fundamentally that once you were attuned to your magical power, uh, you you grew up, your parents tried to teach you how to be magical, how to use magic, because in this world, if you can use magic, you've got a foot ahead. And in this world, if you can't use magic, uh, you're treated as a bottom of the social ladder. So your, your parents tried to instill that in you uh, to the point where you did become a cleric. Uh, but from... From this point, as you sit here in the sand, you you can't feel an attunement to any of that magic anymore. Um, it feels as though something, while you were in that cloud of magical ash that swirled around you, it felt as though the things that you were, that just weren't you, you know, you always had this idea that that the magic was something 
put on you that you did because your parents wanted it. You did because you knew the benefits, but it wasn't really you. You always lean more towards the punching, towards your physical strength, relying on the things that you could do yourself rather than calling on gods or anything else to do it. Um, and that you feel as though it was stripped away from you. You feel as though you are more, more your natural self. You feel perfectly physically strong, but your magical abilities seem to be gone. And of course, this is a in-game explanation as to how you're now a barbarian. Something happened in that cloud. Something you were you you feel as though you were in a place between places uh, in that cloud. Uh, Jack Law re- remains in where the in those trees where he once was hiding. I believe right whenever things all everything went down. Not much um, tree Jack. I would say you're, the emotion you feel most at this point is confusion. Am I right? Um, more than likely, it depends. Are, like, are we like awake? Are we? You're just- awake. Yes, absolutely. Okay, then I'll, I'll just play it by ear when we get in there. But yeah, fairly confused. Doesn't really understand exactly where he is, but it's not where he was. Gotcha. Okay, you can help us explain in a moment. Yeah. Um, but you are there. As you look around, one person I didn't mention in the recap, can you guess a person that I didn't mention at all in the recap? I can guess. Burb. Burb, Mm. Burb, your companion from episode, I believe, three. Possibly episode two, but definitely episode three. Your your plucky uh, companion, Burb, the kinku who cannot speak and only repeats things that he hears. Uh, he's no longer there. When you look over to where he was, the only evidence that Burb ever existed are the bird footprints in the sand where he stood before the explosion. He's just not there. Uh, and near to him, uh, at that point, whenever the explosion happened, was also Duncan Fellhammer, if you'll remember, is the mayor of the city of Buckland, and a close personal friend to Albert Fullhart, and of course, general level member of the Servants of the Scale. Duncan Fellhammer is lying on his back, gasping for breath. <laughs> he's burned everywhere that's not covered by clothing or armor, and he's gasping for breath. <sighs> and of course, nearby him are those two bird-like, footpr- bird-like footprints that sent empty in the sand. Um, and you're free to do as you please at this point. Gentlemen, may I? <coughs> Go for it. Oh, what was that? Garl. I heard Garl. Anybody hear, hear that? Um, Jack is going to stand up from where he is and just start pulling on his face map, trying to get it off, but like he doesn't really know how to do so. Somebody help me get this thing off of me. And uh, I guess you'll see everybody else kind of start stumbling towards that direction. I imagine everybody's kind of beat up a little bit. Yeah, everybody's a little bit beat up. Um, Grim is just kind of, he doesn't really hear what's going on. He's just very acutely aware of this uh, disconnect between him and the magical energy. So he's just kind of like trying to feel out his own skin again. You know, he's trying to 
get back to who he was because just two seconds ago he was a completely different person so now he's just like he's like looking at his hands just kind of like standing up like just looking around but he's he's in another world mentally right now <gasps> everybody all right i'm gonna continue stumbling towards uh arlo and uh how far away am i from arlo yeah miles you were probably like 10 feet away. You were hiding in the trees right beside him when he was an elemental, I think. Okay. I'm going to like put my hand on my shoulder and like gesture to the mask. And uh, Jack's kind of hyperventilating at this point. Like he's really confused about what's going on. He doesn't know why his breathing is restricted. Just. Jack, Jack, wait. Hey, breathe, breathe. Jack, Jack, breathe. What's what's wrong? What's wrong? We, we made it. Get this off of me. Get off. You don't ne- You don't never oh. know. I can't. Are you sure? I can't. How do I get it off? All right, I want to help him. I want to help him take the mask off. Do I use a hammer? Or... Okay. You success. No, you successfully peel the mask off of him. <laughs> thank, thank. Uh, Arlo, what, what yeah. are you doing here? Why are you back in Fark? Oh, sorry. Get, wait, hang on. This, this man, he needs help. This man was just, oh, uh, Chris, Chris, all right. Uh, sir, <sighs> Arlo, do you have anything to help this man? Wait. I'm going to uh, yeah. yeah hold, hold, hold on, a sec. Get, see if Grim's all right. I, I'll get this fellow here. Hold up. I want to. Let's see. I, 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 I start stumbling that way. There we go. Healing spirit. All right. For the first time in a year and a half. I get my healing squirrel back. Yay. All I get right. healing spirit. Call forth a nature spirit to soothe the wounded. The intangible spirit appears in the space of this five-foot cube. You can see within range. The spirit looks like a transparent beast or fae. I picked a squirrel. Until the spell ends, whenever you or a creature you can see moves into the space, into the spirit space for the first time on a turn, or it starts its turn there, cause the spirit to restore 1d6 hit points to that creature. No action required. And it goes on and talks about constructs and undead and everything. Okay. So, 1d6. Alright, 1d6 uh, health goes to um, Duncan Fellhammer, and you guys are not uh, in combat or anything, so that happens every turn, right? Yeah, it happens every turn. So, um, it lasts in a minute, so I guess just in, in like a minute's worth of discussion, he'll get like 10 heals from it. It's around is six yeah, seconds, got, so it's, yeah, ten. Okay. So you want me to roll up? Yeah, ten, for the up. next. No, yeah, you don't have to do that. For the next for the next minute or so, uh, the squirrel is, like, crawling all over uh, Duncan Fellhammer um, and uh, healing him, his burns on his body. The squirrel is crawling over his arms and his legs. Uh, remember, this guy is a dwarf. He, and he is the mayor of the town. He he wears like a sleeveless cutoff and he's got cool tattoos and like this long blonde beard um, and like a braided. I don't remember how we did his hair, but it, like, you know, he's got the the mohawk braided cut with a uh, braided down the middle to the back with a cool braided ponytail. Um, he's he's a cool uh, middle middle aged dwarf who's seen some some grizzled action. Um, but his burned arms, you can see his tattoos and stuff reforming on his arms. His legs are being repaired by the squirrel. 
Uh, and as he comes to, he breathes in. <gasps> Thank you, laddie. I thought it was done for. None of us done for yet. Duncan, you all right? I, I think if I'm not all right, I think I will be thanks to this. What is this, a squirrel? It's medical squirrel. Look, just just sit there and let the squirrel work upon you. I got to go and check on Grim. Give me one I'll be, I'll be right back. Just one second. I'm, I'm walking that way, so I've probably made it to you by now. I, but I'm like stumbling. Like he's not he's not really even seeing the ground. He's just kind of like thinking things over. I'm like I'm looking towards Grim, and I'm I'm kind of like reaching for the squirrel. Like, do I need to? Do I need to like apply this this medical squirrel to you? Grip, you you feeling all um, feeling all right? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, I think so. I just feel like I'm a different person. Like I'm not who I once was moments ago. Like like, even a minute before seems like a lifetime ago. But Wait. I think I'll be okay. Grim, you're, you're here too. And are, uh, Yes? What are the two of you doing back here? I thought I thought you were going to head on to the Full Heart Mine. That's well, where we are. Yeah, we, we're working on that. We're what? working on that. No, I was just... I, I just... Where are we? This, this thing is, is. Are we still? It's Buckland, right? It's, we're in Buckland. Yeah. I was. I was just at my shop. I was talking with my wife about closing down early, perhaps today. No, we was just over in that crater, whooping up on Donald Witherbranch. Why would we face Donald Witherbranch? And we why didn't. would I be he here come and with faced you? us? What are you talking about? Hang on. When, when is the last time you saw me, Arlo or Grim? Either one of you. Just I just took your mask off. Remember, you got a pretty mouth, by the way. Grim, when is the last time you saw me? Um, ten minutes ago, two minutes ago, two seconds ago. You've been with us the whole time. For uh, however long we've been on this journey, you've been with us. I haven't seen the two of you since you and your bird friend came through Fark weeks ago to help crush the gnolls that were invading Fark. Hold up. Bird friend. What do you bird. mean? You've been with us since long time. Arlo is mildly distracted by the absence of a burb. I want to go look around. I've I've never been yes, there. Yes, he, he was right here. It... But I... I don't. I don't see him either. I didn't know him very well, but I, I've never been to Lonesome Grim. What do you mean? That's where we met. I've. How long ago was that? I only met you when you came through Fark. The, myself and the rest of the Paladin Order joined you in. Fighting back the gnolls that were invading. That's not what happened. <laughs> yeah, I would like to abandon my frantic burb searching with my stumpy legs to come back to this conversation now. So you 
you know, I'll keep searching, Arlo. Y'all keep, get through your acquainted. Right, right, right. You got to be around here. Some he might be going to get help. Never know. I mean, he's useful like that. But what? Uh, so you didn't ride across on on the ship with us. I I don't remember a ship. Um, remember ship. Well, that that last beast we fought. No, I, I'm a butcher. Why would I, I? I've been a paladin for the past couple of months at most. Paladin. I don't know why I would be fighting a uh, giant beast. Paladin. You're you're a Keith you're um, a butcher. Yeah, this might not be a how it works, but can I roll like medicine to see if he's okay? Yeah, sure. Ro- yeah, roll. You can roll to see if like he's in shock or if he's just Arlo's not ready to whirl around. Uh, well, I got a six. Huh? <laughs> I got a six. He, for all you know, he yeah. might as well. But he might as well be in shock. You know, you for you, he's speaking nonsense. So that's up to you to make a decision. Uh, are you like to make this check? Are you like checking his ears, nose, throat, and eyes and stuff? Pulse. Um, just kind of like doing the follow my finger trick and like patting you down in certain places, like checking your wounds and all that, just just making sure that you're absolutely okay. And then after this check, Grim is going to be like, Jack, why, why don't you sit down for just a second? We need to sort all this out. There's Stop. Stop. I- I'm fine. It's just that there's no possible way that what you're saying is true. The last I saw of you is when the gnolls invaded and they managed to kill... Arlo's master Briar, and Arlo, in his anger, he went and he awoke in the treant, and that's what turned the tide of battle, and the rest of us were able to push the gnolls back into the hills. Fark has been peaceful ever since. I do believe I would awaken an ancient spirit in my anger, but I don't think that's exactly what happened. Briar's fine. Look, I've got his staff right here. He gave me his staff. He's he's the new mayor. The, the yeah, mayor, new mayor. The mayor built a statue to commemorate Briar. No, nope. nope. no statue needed. Nope. He stands right there. How how could it be so different? Um, it was that big explosion. You remember explosion? There was a big old explosion. Now, I remember Keith. What color is like all the planium effects? That color. Um. The went like, like that rage. dark. The explosion was very much akin to I mentioned at the very end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one, the Power Stone or whatever, the purple like black, purple, purple, purple gray, dark black. gray, ashy stuff. Okay, nice. The last thing I remember before I woke up here, I was talking to my wife in the shop. How is my wife? Have you seen her? Um, Arlo's Jack. just looking at Grim. What? Your wife is dead. Oh, I I just spoke to her. This, you're wrong. Last thing I did, well, I was speaking to her about shutting down the shop early, and I don't know. I began to black out, and there was this purple fog and swirling lights all around me. I thought uh, perhaps I was coming down with something and 
Next thing I knew, I was fine, but I was here instead of there. Hold, 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 hold that thought one second here. I, I want to hand him back his mask. Um, Grim, can I, can I talk to you just, just a second here? I want to like... As you turn to Grim, real quick. Yeah. As as you do the aside to Grim, um, roll a uh, roll a an Arcana check. Ah, uh, no, roll an Intelligence check. Sorry, Intelligence. Got it. I got ten. I got a nope. Crit fail. Okay, you got a nope. All right. Should Grim. I also roll? No, you should That's not. What happened to me? Also, we have All Gaming's in chat who is currently watching Guardians of the Galaxy right now. Hey, oh, so nice. that's pretty cool. Wait, and, and also, us? <laughs> and us at the same time. She's got also, Guardians on mute. Got it. Whenever you mentioned the, uh, whenever you were talking, I was smiling the whole time, Bryce, because I knew what was happening. And Lady Starlock was like, "Ah, oh, the DM smile of knowledge." <laughs> uh, anyway, the chat, Grim, you remember the conversation with Albert Fullhart before he was, you know, so brutally murdered. Uh, you'd remember that the plane, the, that substance planium, the stuff that you, that the key is made out of that you guys found off of Simon, Simon treasure taker. Uh, the, the element that you use to open the, the amphitheater where you found that key and the same substance that, crystallize the skeleton of Donald Withered Ranch. You you recognize all that stuff and you remember that that element it affects the planes somehow. The planes of existence. So it can be up to you whether you have any sort of ideas of like shifty timelines or how planes can intersect or anything. Like if whatever ideas you have from that information you can use in this conversation with Arlo. I um I, I turn to Jack and say Jack are you from Earth six one six? No, I'm kidding. I don't. Do that. Um, okay, so I'll take that into consideration. Off to you. Oh, sorry, what was that? See, I was just because I got a nat one. I got a crit fail on that. So Arlo's only comment is, "Does he seem off to you?" Um. Uh, very. Yes. I. I seem to remember though that I was told. I forgot his name. What's his name, Keith? Uh, Albert. Albert. Albert told me that Planium, aptly named, affects the planes. So maybe something in this explosion messed him up somehow. I I don't know much about it. Um, But that seems to me the most likely case. Anyway, maybe there's a way we can help him or... He could remember. I'm not really sure, but I think time will tell, or I hope at least that time will tell what is wrong with him, if anything. Well, all right, all right. So it could be like, are you saying that this isn't quite the same, Jack? Uh, it's possible, at least not mentally. He believes he's a paladin, and our Jack was very different. I got yeah, yeah. Ironically, we don't we don't know this Jack so well. We don't know Jack, so we uh. That is true. It seemed it seemed like Jack don't know us. He knows us a little bit, but that's true. I mean, well, all right. What 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 do you think we ought to do with this? 
as you ask that question, Grim kind of gets like a panicked look on his face and he says, he, he goes, Albert. And then he just, he, he takes off in the direction of, um, the thing, the, their home. And gotcha. on that note, very cleverly disguised, I have to pee. All right, cool. Um, while you go, Duncan's going to say something that you don't need to hear, which is fine. Just inconsequential. Um, as Grim runs past Duncan, um, Duncan turns to him. He's like, I can't find your... As Grim runs past, then he turns to the, to the two of you standing there. and He says, I can't find your friend, Bert. Well, I spent the day with him. He's really pleasant. Lad, I, I can't find our friend Bird in Burb anywhere. Uh I maybe he ran back to the it it's possible he ran back to the to the to the where are my words getting almost burned to a crisp. The cabin, the the the, the manor. Full hammer mine. You know, the 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 mine I own half of. I was sorry. Uh, he Place probably ran back up there. Of. It could be. Yes, he probably ran back up there. Arlo, uh, Jack, you'll have to figure yourself out later. We should probably make sure uh, Albert and everything's okay. Why Why did Grimm say something about Albert? Why is he running that way? You know, why do any of us do anything? Um, Tell you what, hold on one second. I think we need to go and I, I, I do think we need to go after him. Hold on, let me, let me talk to Jack real quick. Jack, Jack. I want to walk up to you, approaching cautiously, as though you might be a bear or something. Jack, now, we're we're in the middle of something here. Can I, you just stick with us a little, little bit? You're the only people I seem to know here. Right. You're the only people that, well, apparently you don't know me at all. Right. No, we know you real good, but this you that you are... We don't know if you know that we know that you know that you're good. But, you know... Arlo, Grim, Grim seemed a bit frantic. Right. Perhaps... We need to go and follow him. Are you going to be... Can you follow discuss us? with him. Right. I don't... Just, just lead the way. Come on, come on. All right, you, you stick with me. All right. And I'm, I'm going to... As I'm you gonna... turn... As you turn away from Jack... As you turn away from Jack Arlo, you turn into the belly of Duncan, who is standing as much as a dwarf can tower over a gnome. And he looks down at you, and he grabs onto your clothes, and he says, What happened to my friend? Wait, wait, hold on now. Hold on. What? Back up a little bit. What you talking about? Feeling a little confrontational here. Grim ran back to the manor citing the name Albert frantically. I want you to tell me what happened to my friend. Oh. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, Al Albert, he's... Uh, oh. Yeah, we got to get back now. Right, run, run, come on, run, run with me. Run, I'll, I'll explain it along the way. And I'm trying to remember what happened to Albert. He was... Uh, brutally murdered in his... Dining room? <laughs> uh, Mexico, who yeah. was one of our friends and companions and a trusted person, and now is, is he he died though. He like he like self immolation, like he bit down on a tooth and like burned it a flames. Uh somewhat. 
you you have enough evidence to believe that he might have teleported away because when he burned up in green flame, he was replaced by Donald Witherbranch who burned into your line of sight in green flame. Okay. Very much Harry Potter uh, chimney flu teleport magic. Gotcha. To everybody listening in on the home game, uh, it's been a year and a half since we've uh, gone through any of this. So we're uh, we're getting caught up. A um, couple of questions will pop up every now and then. That was one of them. I remember Albert was in some kind of trouble, but um, couldn't remember the details on who did what. So, yeah. All right. Yes. Albert Albert was was dispatched by by Misco. All, all people and look, we got to get back to him. He's he's. I think he he might be dead. He might here be. go all those little stumpy legs. Just he running. might be dead. Running. Yeah, he turns and. He turns and follows you frantically, you know, a tear in his eye. This is obviously they are close, close friends, brothers in arms, uh, if, if, if not, you know, closer than that. So he is he is running with you, um, gotcha. presumably Jack trotting behind. <clears throat> Indeed. OK, do you trot? Do you... Man, perfect timing. Hey, um, that guy. Yep. Hello. We were just talking about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the way to meet um, Yep. So by the time you get back to the manor, uh, Zenus or Grim, you you trot up to the uh, you trot up the stairs. But in their frantic haste to catch up with you, they really poured on the steam and they sprinted. And the three, the four of you, arrive almost at the same time as you bust open the door to the manor. Um, the the other three are tumbling in right behind you. Um, and you go into the dining room where you only, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes ago stabilized. Well, he was dead. You didn't stabilize him. You actually killed him yourself. I did. Uh, Albert Fullhart was, was clinging to life barely and you finished the job so that you could stabilize his body. There was nothing you could do to save him. So you killed him faster so you could do, do your magics on him. Um, so yes, there are 17 days left to resurrect Albert, Albert gentle repose has been cast on him. Uh, when you come back into the room, Corinne is healthy. The only thing after you healed her last time, she was stabbed as well. Um, uh, I don't remember. Sorry. I got a message in chat that says Lady Starlock is picturing the gnome to look a bit like the dwarf from the second Chronicles of Narnia. I know that's most likely not accurate, but I love it. I do not particularly remember what that dwarf look like but uh I don't you may not be wrong is that not the same person who plays the uh, oompa loompas in something no that's not the same guy anyway back on to it uh you corinne fullhart the wife of albert fullhart was stabbed as well she was almost going to die but you healed her and so the only evidence of that healing um was the holes in her clothes but since you have gone she's gone upstairs and pulled on some some trousers and a and a and a loose shirt that uh she pulled out of the closet so she is now actually dressed instead of in her nightgown um <clears throat> or whatever medieval people wear to bed um she looks <laughs> she <laughs> <laughs> she is doing her best to like scrub the carpet next to Albert's body to try to like use some tonics and things to pull blood out of the carpet. She's sad. She's distraught over the loss of her husband, but she also looks determined to, to, to do what she can to, to continue being leadership over this, um, 
over this uh, organization. You, you, she obviously looks like she's a, a woman on a mission. She she's not completely taken out by this. Um, but you guys enter the room to find her uh, to find her on the floor, and she says, "I did. I heard an explosion. Is is it over?" In a way, yes. In a a way? What do you mean in a way? I kind of have like a somber expression. And I I don't answer the question, but I I focus on Albert's body and I walk over there. And like Grimm knows that he can't do it. He knows that he can't do anything like this at all. I I feel like I feel like that's been established in his mind. So he goes over there and he's still he's going to try. Like he does, he does everything he knows to do to do it. Gotcha. But it just, it doesn't work. And by do it, you mean resurrect him. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. Cast like the raised dead spell. So like whatever he would have to do before, like whatever chance or or whatever, he goes through the complete motion, but it just, it just doesn't work. While you're still, while you're doing that, like over his body, she, she's grabbing onto his hand and like, trying to keep herself from from weeping but unable to control herself as as you're holding you know pressing your hand onto his chest or whatever it is to do the spell and and trying with all your your might to do it but you're unable to to tap into any of the magical powers you used to have and you promised this woman that if you got enough power you'd be able to come back and resurrect her her husband but you you came back with less magical power than you left with unfortunately and She's holding his hand, weeping uh, next to you, and uh, you can hear her saying, Please, please, Albert, return to me. Come back. Uh, I don't know if I can do this by myself. Uh, as you're <laughs> holding, on her, <laughs> holding on to her husband, and and she, she knows. After a few moments, she can tell that you're unable to, that nothing's happening. She watched you cast this spell earlier, uh, and now that you're k- trying to do this, you're you're unable to succeed. And she says, "Something happened out there, didn't it?" Uh, Grim say he's like he's kind of like fallen, and like he's he's just kind of sunk down a little bit, and he um he just kind of faintly uh, whispers, "Yes, it's I can't, right. I can't do it. It's okay." It's not your fault. We were too trusting. And we let him in without proper vetting. Okay. Well, we have to move on. We've got we've got work to do. There, there'll be time for me to weep later. But Albert would want me to continue our work because if I stop now, if we stop now, it'll all be for nothing. He won't be the only. He won't be the only person who lost his life, without being able to see an end to this hell we live in. So, I wanna, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to. I want to walk up by where Grim is standing next to, uh, next to Albert, and just kind of like, Grim, can you? Uh, and I'm just kind of gesturing towards Albert, like you, you know, can you? What's what's the hold up? Jack's just kind of standing in a corner, like checking his pockets and stuff, like seeing if he has anything he recognizes. Okay. 
I, I can't do it, Arlo. I don't. I don't have the power anymore. Was I a, left with a promise and returned empty. This a lack of confidence thing, or it's just it's just gone. It's not there. Uh, Ar- uh, Grim looks to Arlo and he says, "It's it's not there. It's gone. There's nothing." I as soon as. The explosion dissipated, and all that that force was gone. There's there was no magic. I couldn't feel anything, no connection. Well, hold on. Maybe I hang on a second. Hang on. I want to reach in my in my pack and and pull out the mirror of positive reinforcement, <laughs> and I just want to hand it to Graham. You um. Go take take a look in this mirror. I tell you, give me just just a second. Let me, let me talk with with Corinne here for a second. Hang, hang on, I'll be right with you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I just pass over the mirror to him. Um, a question for the DM outside of the game, because a tenth level druid is they can, they can do some some game breaking things. Um, sure. Should is is it going to is it going to ruin the world if Albert tries to come back? We don't play that kind of game here, buddy. You you alter the world as you see fit. Right. You don't metagame me. I won't metagame you. Well, I just I'm hey I'm asking because the druid can do weird things. So. I appreciate it. At I appreciate point, it. Jack is kind of looking at Albert. But like more just looking through him, just like, oh, there's a dead body. But he just can't really refocus his eyes because he's still a bit in shock. Yeah. Jack, as you check your pockets, you definitely recognize that your cleaver, right, is the same cleaver that you used to have. Yeah, I was actually also carrying uh um his wife's cleaver. Oof. Oof. Why would you be carrying that? <laughs> and why is it okay. so rusty and unused? Right. Yeah. Um, before you do anything else, Arlo, uh, Grim, I imagine, I imagine the uh, the mirror. I mean, you you seem like you were getting a little emotional over this, as far as Grim is concerned. So is Grim pretty emotional at this moment? Um, he's not crying. He's not that kind of person. He's just like. He he always tries to do something, you know. He always he's always that person that's like, I'm gonna find a way. Like nothing gets in his way. So he's he's just like he's face to face with the reality that he can't do this, and he's like he's just thinking, I've broken a promise. So he's frustrated by this more than he is sad. He's like he's got the thoughts of Albert's dead. He's not coming back, and Grim broke a promise to this woman that he you know had every means to keep before so with all that emotion arlo hands you hands you the the mirror of positive reinforcement (laughs) a not Uh, often used magical item a a not often used magical item it is straight up flare it is it is a tassel on a bicycle handle (laughs) it takes grim a second but he does look into it like he's just kind of holding it down and then he finally like brings it up to to see he looks into it and you see your own reflection already processing your own emotions in your head. You see your own reflection. Do the finger guns 
with a big grin and go, You got this, partner. Keep your head up. Grim slams the mirror. <laughs> I knew you'd oh. slam it. <laughs> I knew you'd slam it. <laughs> you crash. The mirror breaks on the floor. Happy mirror. Oh, no. <laughs> the mirror breaks onto the floor and a hundred pieces. There's glass all over the floor. Uh, and as the... <laughs> The, the mirror breaks, several of the pieces flip back over to face you. And as you stand up off of his body, as Arlo goes to speak to Corinne, um, as you stand up off of his body, looking down at all the pieces of the mirror, there's now a hundred of your reflections pointing <laughs> back at you with the finger guns and giving you a wink as you walk away from it. Oh my. <laughs> I love I that. Imagine. Graham! Graham! What, what was that? Oh, no, no. Grim, what was that? Uh, no. out of the room. Also, I, I imagine Grim. that whenever you stand out of Go ahead. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, whenever Grim slams it down, like that's the first taste of the of the rage that he's going to have, and like I imagine that he also activates that like necrotic shroud of his. So you like full blown like pale black eyes, and then the wings come out, and he just slams it down. And then as soon as he sees the hundreds of reflections, he just turns and walks out. Mm, okay, I love it. I just I want to turn. Towards Corinne and says, see, this is why we can't have nice things. This thing was like a women's compact mirror kind of thing, wasn't it? It wasn't like a... It's like a little small mirror, a little hand mirror. Okay. Yeah, I pictured it with a handle. For some reason, I remembered it being something that flipped open. And maybe this was your campaign, Josh. I remember we were like in the top of some inn or something, like the roof got torn off, but somebody had the mirror... That was a mirror of healing. No, that was in your campaign. Or yeah. Genesis campaign. Bartra had a mirror of healing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was... okay. Never mind. Wrong mirror. Okay. Yeah. This one just gives you good, <laughs> happy feelings all over for the most part. It did. Your results may vary. Uh, I want to turn back towards Corinne. Um, hey, yo. Um, look, I, Grim said that. Uh, Feeling a little off. I don't know if he can can pull this off, but I, I can. Uh, I'm I'm not not quite the same as as he is. But uh, I, if you want, I could I could give it a shot. I could try to I could I could try to bring him back if you if you want. Y- yes, Arlo. If if you can if you can bring back my husband, please, please. But I got. I can't promise nothing, but I can I can promise that I'll I'll try my hardest. Are you are you ready? That's I mean, all any of us can do. Just the same, but uh, I, I think I can do it. Not just the same. What do you What do you mean about by not just the same? Well, you know, there might be some side effects, some things like that. I'm not I'm not quite as uh, I'm not quite as good as, as Grim was this, but um, there's chance that. You know his his this body is damaged. So he, he comes back. It it might be as a, a new reformed body. It, it might he might not look the same, but he'll, he'll still be him. He'll he'll remember everything, and he'll he'll have all of it all of his normal uh, mental functions and and all that. But he he might might look a little different. 
that's fine with me as long as he's as long as he's my Albert. I don't care what he looks like. All right. Well, um, I'm gonna need a little a little time, and I'm gonna need a little space. So hold up, and I'll uh, I'll see what I can do. And I want to see if I can take one hour to cast reincarnate. Oh, that's different. Yeah. Uh, I assume you let her know it's about to take you an hour. Yeah, that's why I said I'm gonna need a little time. I'm gonna need a little space. So. Okay. Right, gotcha. So, you know, well, then we will. Go ahead, Keith. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what, Josh? Uh, I'm sorry. I said, I said, go ahead. I was just about to read off what it does. Okay. Um, yeah. So she says to you, "We'll, we'll give you the space you need." And then she walks back out into the foyer and ushers everybody else into the foyer. And she shuts the door to the kitchen and she shuts the door to the dining room, leaving you alone with the body of Albert. Uh, for the requisite time. Okay. I get out the secret spices and everything and all the stuff that I need. And, um, I am going to cast reincarnate. It's one of my new big boy spells. Um, you touch a dead humanoid or a piece of a dead humanoid, provided that the creature has been dead no longer than 10 days. The spell forms a new adult body for it and then calls the soul to enter that body. If the target's soul isn't free oh or willing to do so, the spell fails. The magic fashions a new body for the creature to inhabit, which likely causes the creature's race to change. The DM rolls a D100 and consults the following table to determine what form the creature took when restored to life, or DM chooses a form. The reincarnated creature recalls its former life and experiences. It retains the capabilities it had in its original form, except it's, it exchanges its original race for the new one, and changes racial traits accordingly. So there you go. Okay. So Shall we roll you said or... you would roll a D100. Yep. Or two d I feel like we might be or... having some sort of audio issues. There is a definite because... lag. And it only, it only happens after we've been going a while. I don't know. Well, it could be, could be internet, could be buffering. Who knows? But, um, yeah, you can roll a D100 or the DM chooses a form. Okay, gotcha. Um, let's roll a D100. Okay. And you can tell me what you land on, and I'll tell you what happens. I Let's say if you get 70 or above, he comes back as himself. Um, Fellas, y'all want to call that number off? That's an 84. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. You did it. I gave, yeah, perfect. Only you got, had a, what, a 30% chance. Hey. I believe you. Y'all, y'all can't see that. That's <laughs> <Nobody>. really sad. <laughs> That's really sad. <laughs> the resolution is so bad, you can't read the dice on a close up. On they a come back camera. With that new body smell. He's all minty fresh and everything. All right, so you're in there with him an hour. Um, right. What do you guys, the rest of you, do with your hour while you, while you're waiting on um, him to be healed? I know Karim was just is just going to sit by the door uh, for that hour. Uh, the rest of you, of course, can do as you please. 
Uh, Jack is going to go outside. We established these people have a front porch, yes? Correct. Okay. Well, Jack is uh, embracing his inner southern, and he's going to just sit out on the front porch and look up at the moon for a bit. <laughs> okay. I think it's still daylight. You know, it's not nighttime, so you're looking at the sun. Oh, I thought the battle was at night. I think it was daytime. Just going to go oh, out and stare at the no, sun. No, it was in the bit. morning. You had just come back from your Blinks hunt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of things happen all at once. Stare at the sun, then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kind of looking over the mask, seeing, like, it. do I recognize it? Why do I have it? Things like that. Okay. Grim, what are you doing? Um... Grim's just gonna kind of be walking around. He's gonna he's gonna be in the same area, but um, after a while, he's gonna just like shrug off his armor because like it's it's not doing him any good at this point. It's just weighing him down, and he doesn't he if he feels kind of like trapped and confined and all that stuff. So he's just gonna he's gonna throw that off and just leave it in a pile where it falls, and he's just gonna keep walking around. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well. Dunk Duncan is going to be given a task by Corinne while you guys are not there. And Duncan is going to go collect one young tiefling named Eros. Uh, did I spell you right, John A-R-R-O-S? Yes, sir. Okay. Duncan is going to go collect one tiefling named Eros at the behest of Corinne and bring him back to the manor as well in the foyer. Uh, and you all are within ear distance enough to hear the exclamation that Arlo is about to make when he realizes that he com- realizes that he completes the spell and hears Albert Fullhart in his own voice and body go, "Where am I, Albert? Uh, Albert, you, you're alive. Join the club." <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm alive. Really? Do you know where you are? He looks around, blinking quickly, rubbing the rubbing the sleep out of his eyes and rubbing the death off of his face. I I'm no longer where I was. I I'm back in my home. The last thing I remember, I I was dying on the carpet right here. Right. You were doing a fine job. You succeeded, but we. We we got you back. There's enough enough of laying around, and um, you know everybody's getting real real worried about you. You're uh you got a you got a lot going for you right here. Um, hold hold on just just one once. Let me let me go get somebody. Hang, I want to go back gotcha. out. To, uh, Corinne was like right outside the door. Yeah, she was. Okay, I'm gonna bust open that door and say he's back. Yeah, he's he stands up. He's patting himself down, trying to feel all the holes where he used to have holes in him. Also, good night, all gaming. Thanks for coming by. Only um, the ones he's that are patting himself. He's there. checking right. out. <laughs> yeah, make sure all of the, the correct holes are there. Uh, he stands up, and as he's patting himself down, he is almost tackled to the ground from a loving embrace from his wife as she says, "Albert, you're back. He, he really did. I I feared you'd come back as a monstrosity, but." Hey, Arlo brought you back. Yeah, yeah, yes, he he did. 
he did. He re- he really did bring me back. So uh, it's, go ahead, Keith. You're good. It's 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 no it's no fun to die, my love. It's no fun to die, and it was no fun to watch you die. She says as they continue their embrace, and you are free to do as you please. Sorry. Well, no, I'm just I'm watching this very tender moment, and the realization suddenly dawns on me. All I have to do to fix my buddies is to kill them and bring them <laughs> back and start fresh. <laughs> a, but a the moment kind of realization. he realizes that maybe that maybe that's not exactly what's happening here. But but the the thought lingers. The thought lingers. A frightening realization indeed. <laughs> um, um Albert go ahead. I may have Jack kind of come back inside after hearing all the hullabaloo and commotion and whatnot. And yeah. uh, he's, he's, he's got a look on his face that says, this is really happening. Time to figure out what to do next. Yeah. And okay. w- whether anybody notices that or not is up to them, but Jack is ready to figure out how to, how to fix this. Rather than continue moping about it. Okay. Hey, uh, Jack. Jack. You yeah. alright, buddy? No, Arlo. No, I'm not. Where but, uh, I think... I think I'm ready to make things alright. Where's your... Uh, where's your mask you're so fond of? I, I don't recognize this mask at all. I... I'm not particularly fond of it. I... I don't plan on wearing it as long as I'm here. Well, mind if I hold on to it for you? Yes, no, no problem. All right. I want to just very gently take Jack's mask that he's worn for like every moment that we've ever known him and just very gently just pack that away down in my pack. So, uh, all right, we're going to do this. Where's, uh, where's Graham? Uh, I haven't smashed the mirror, nor have I seen him (laughs) since he put down his laptop and walked away. I forgot about my mirror. Hold on a sec. I want to go inside and pick up like the biggest piece of the mirror that's still still in one piece. I cast detect when you grab the mirror and you look at it. It's it's just a it's just a regular reflection now, Arlo. It's it's not giving you any positivity. Oh, okay. Uh, Grim uh, comes uh, sauntering into the room. Not really. He doesn't come sauntering in, but he is. Um, he does kind of come in 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 a little bit of like, not necessarily shock, but. Um, He's just he's 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 very like happy and relieved, and so he he just runs up to Arlo and like slaps him on the back and starts like like laughing. <laughs> you did it! They found Arlo three days later. <laughs> so you hear from Albert on the other side of the room. He says, "Yes, he he brought me back. You, Jack, right? Jack, is it? Uh, yes, I, I believe that's what you know me by." I heard the things that you you've said, and coming back from the dead and 
ceasing to be just a soul floating around in the place where the universe came from, uh, I can see there's something fadingly odd about you. What's what's the matter? I I don't think I'm from here. <clears throat> I remember. Well, I remember everything, but I remember everything different. I know Arlo, I know Grimm, I know their missing friend, Burb. I met all of them, but they remember a different me, and I remember a different them. It's like, it's it's a, the same world, but different. I think that's exactly it. I believe the, I believe the, the High Council is doing more than just trying to put holes in our plane of existence through which to to pull more power. I believe they're trying to get to another plane of existence. I don't know if it's the plane of existence that you're from, but I learned as I floated through the ether that there are thousands of versions of each place and each world and each 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 iteration of this thing we call life, there's thousands of it going in every direction. And it's possible that whatever happened outside, an explosion that even I could feel from the great beyond, it's possible that that knocked you loose from wherever you're from and sent the jack that we knew for, that I knew for a moment and your friends have known for months somewhere else. Do you think we've switched or just I pushed him out? Is he in the same endless void as you or that you were in? Uh, I haven't I haven't a clue. I'm I'm merely spitballing at this point. Uh, it's my best guess, though. You obviously don't know where you're from. But knowing that your friend here can bring someone back from the dead, I can't imagine you're particularly unhealthy. If you were, I imagine he'd heal you as well. No, so, my, my there must mind be something is clear. else strange afoot. What I do believe is that if we, like the High Council, can somehow learn how this planium they're stealing and taking can be used, I wonder if it would be possible to send you back to where you came from and bring the jack that was here back here. That. That would be astounding. It. What do you need? What do you need from me? From us? Perfect. I, I, uh, I assume they're, they're willing to help, but I, I'll do whatever it takes. Yes, your other two compatriots have already agreed. And I'm about... Well... Corinne, is, is, is the boy still here? Yes, I, I, I just sent... I just sent... Uh, our friend that we've known for years, Duncan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, what's his I, name? <laughs> I just sent Duncan to fetch him. I figured he would be a good addition to uh, this party's exploits as they go off to, to the Bone Mountains to try to find the tiny orb that you told them about yesterday. Uh... And as she says that, Duncan walks in, and you hear from the kitchen. He says, "Right this way, laddie. Don't be shy. You're needed by the you're you're needed by the full hearts. Head right in that way." And in walks a little red tiefling named Eros, 
a a trickster school cleric. He walks into the room, and Albert says to him, Oh, hello, Eros. It's been a moment since I've seen you. Have you been finding your accommodations appropriate? Well, I've been fine. Stolen anything from us recently? No, I don't think so. Not since the last time, eh? No, I don't think so. Can you hear him okay? Yeah, I, I can hear him. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Lady Starlock says, kill him, Arlo. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I wanna lean over towards either Jack or Grim, whichever one's closest. Um, that's, that's, not, that's not Burb. I was expecting Burb. That's not Burb. That is not Burb. Is it another one of your compatriots of this world? I, I've never seen him before. Is he from your? No. Well, well possibly, but I mean, uh, I'm confused enough as it is. Maybe, maybe we should speak to him. I, um, wait, as Jack says that, I speak up to um, Albert and Corinne and Duncan and everyone really, but mostly speaking to Albert and Corinne and say, um, is this is this boy to be joining us? Yes, I was just about to introduce him. Eros, meet Grim, Jack, and Arlo. Arlo, particularly someone who has just resurrected me from the dead. It's a long story. We'll tell you about it later. But li- these are going to be fast friends of yours. Why? Because you don't have much of a choice. <laughs> I'll explain. I'll explain to the three of you that this young man, or t- this young tiefling, however. Uh, is a proclaimed spy. Uh, obviously, a little bit inexperienced because myself and uh, Corinne were able to catch him in the midst of his spying upon us. Apparently, was under contract to get some information from us uh, about the servant of the scale. But we caught him, and he he works for hire. And we decided we'd just pay him off. We'd pay him double to not spy on us, and he agreed. Wasn't that right, Eros? Well, yeah, but I feel like this is not really optional now. Well, yes, it's one of those if we if you're not our friends anymore, we'd have to kill you situations. There's a lot riding on this organization, and you, you seem like a nice enough lad, and maybe just started off on the wrong foot with, with us. I, I I've grown to like you honestly, but I'd like to send you with this party here uh, on their next journey. We've briefed you as well. The four of you need to go and acquire Moradin's tiny orb. It is located somewhere in the Bone Mountains. This orb, at least as legend says, was made by the god Moradin. uh, uh, And he gave this orb the ability to to suck a a parcel of land inside of it. It Really, as, as large as the user wishes to have it can be sucked inside of this orb and moved wherever the the owner desires so our goal is to take our our vein of planium here take it away from this location and hide it from the high council because if we do not the high council will come down on us with all their forces uh hopefully later later rather than sooner but i suspect they are mounting a force as we speak so time is, of course, of the essence, and we need you all to go find this orb. And Eros, you're small, you're tricky, and I believe you would be a good asset to this party. Uh, so 
part of the contract of us not murdering you for spying on us would be that you go and join this crew and help them do their job. And you will all, of course, be paid quite handsomely when you return. Wow, thank you. This is this is very nice of you to not kill oh, me. Yes. Yes, I would like to say feel I feel pretty generous about it. And you know what? I don't remember if I agreed to pay you before I died or not, but I'm feeling quite generous now that I'm alive because of you. Uh, so all of you, please do, do know that if you are returned with the orb and we are successfully moved this location, you will be paid handsomely. Well, thank you. Hello, everybody. Right. And uh, what what you say your name was? Air, 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 air. A- arrows. Air. Eros. 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 My, my name's Eros. Eros. All right. Well, good Good to meet you, Eros. And I take my little gnomish, stumpy hand and stick it out for a handshake. I grab it and I handshake it. There you go. <laughs> As you shake hands, Duncan reaches up a hand and smacks Eros on the back really hard and says, Yeah, the light is not so bad. We've had we've had him cleaning the coal vents on the mine, uh, you know, as a little bit of retribution for the spying on us and whatnot. But he's growing on me. Uh, he'll be a good asset to you. Well, to be honest, I kind of liked it. I'm kind of being strong now, if you ask me. Well, you probably are gaining some muscle from all the... All the times you spent in the in the vents, but anyway, I've got a. I'm very glad to see you back alive, Albert. He rocks. He walks over and shakes your hand. I'm. I'm sorry I didn't get to see you in the sorry state, my friend. And he pats him on the back. But I've got to get back to my mayor and duties, men. I hope you enjoy your trip, and I hope you come back here safe and sound, so that we can really stick it to the council, eh? Oh, we will. Right. Right, and now, now, but Duncan, what what about our? Uh, we got a missing friend. We, um, you, you haven't heard nothing from from Burb, have you? That's right. I haven't heard hiding her hair of Burb, and I don't know where he's gone to. Well, you you he was, was with him in the in the explosion, so he was right there with me. Is it possible he was just exposed? Bloated out of existence, his little body couldn't handle it. Arlo gets like three shades paler. <laughs> hmm. I, s- I suppose, but we all look, we all made it out relatively fine. I'm looking at Jack and Graham kind of nodding, like, y'all back me up on this. Jack is shaking his head, like, what about this is fine? Yeah, so we're good. So it look, stands a chance that Burb might be around here. We, uh, I think we've got, well, we got pressing matters. Maybe could you, could you keep eye out if if he shows up? Could you, uh, could you take care of our of our buddy? Absolutely, he's my favorite friend I've met today. Uh, I'll absolutely keep an eye out for him. And as he says that, Albert also says as well. We we just talked about the possible issues with Jack and the planium. It could be that something fishy is happening with Burb as well. Maybe the more we find out about this substance and the further along the journey you go on, maybe it's possible we'll be able to figure out what did happen to Burb after all. At this point, uh, Jack's lawful good uh, streak kicks in and he sees that 
Arlo's a bit torn up about this, and he's going to put a hand on his shoulder. Zia, Arlo, perhaps Burb and I have just switched places. Maybe he's back in my world running my shop for me, making sure all my customers are taken care of. Right, right. That's, uh, you know, you're, you're probably right. Probably right. But, uh, you know, Burb's really helpful like that, you know? It, the Burb I knew was quite a character, yes. Jack, did they throw you into this too? I, someone has thrown me into this. I don't know. I don't know what you know about what's going on here. I know nothing. Well, then we're in agreement on that. Thanks. I, you know, fellas, before we go, I just want to point out, did anybody else hear Garl in the explosion? I heard something, but as if I was passing by it, and, and right before I woke up, I felt like I heard two, at least two voices getting louder, and then I, I, they got louder and louder until I reached here, and then I didn't hear them anymore. Huh. Um, Graham, Graham, do you remember, uh, remember Garl? Did you hear, uh, I I do not actually remember what they said, um, but if they spoke, Grim does remember. Yeah. So to remind everyone, at the very end, there was a a gnomish god of like performance and comedy that they had met several times and caused them some anguish and helped them out of a few jams. Um, but that gnomish god's name was Garl Glittergold, and what they heard in the explosion, they heard his voice saying. Oh no, they're getting too close. I told you, they're getting too close. And then another voice uh, in the in the ether responded to that voice, and it said, Do not worry. It will correct itself. It was built to correct itself. Well, I remember now. Yes. So that was what you guys heard in the, uh, in the thing. So yes, you remember hearing that. And the um, other half of that question is, do they remember Garl? They who? Grim would remember. Jack and Grim, do they remember our encounters with Garl? Like, do they recognize who Garl is? Oh, Jack does not. Grim isn't a different Grim. He's the same person. He's just lost his magical abilities. Yeah. Okay. So Grim would remember. So that was like question Grim in question. Remember. Arlo was kind of fishing a little bit. So, uh huh. Jack just heard two voices. Uh huh. I assume Keith. I, I might be a. Uh, I might be throwing you off here. No, you heard him. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. heard him. All right. I was just saying, like they were getting louder, like I was getting closer to this world or something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, no, yeah. Okay. You heard right. him. You're good to go. Well, um, um so. Go ahead, Keith. You lead the way. Got this. An, another pair of people walk into the room following in. Uh, it's Tork and Justine. Tork is the son, the adult son of Corinne and Albert Fullhart. And Justine is his younger sister, who is maybe five or six years old at this point. And she comes in carrying her teddy bear, whom she's named Furman, which you have met before. Uh, and they walk in. And Corinne says to you, okay, 
time is of the essence, of course, and we were very fortunate that Albert here is no longer injured. And he look, she looks down towards uh, Justine, um, and she looks at Torque with this glance like, yeah, he's alive, and it's really great, so let's not talk about how he died. <laughs> uh, that All that inside the look <laughs> that she said, that she sent his way. Uh, and he, she says, time is of the essence. So, Justine, do you think that you'll be able to take these nice men to to Melora's quiver like you did for, like you did for Kate? I I think so. I don't see why not. She says in my attempt at a little girl voice. <laughs> um, wait, wait, before we go. I'm, I'm not, this body I inhabit is not the one I'm used to. I, this is not the equipment I would normally use. If we're going to be walking into danger, like I assume we will, I'm going to need a few different things. Is there any type of armory here? Albert speaks up and he says, uh, there, there'll be, there'll be plenty of things for you to buy in Melora's quiver. It's, it's it's a it's a shanty town, but you you won't find better gear in all of Medine, uh, because Melora's Quiver is where adventurers go before they head into the Bone Mountains. So if you're looking for extremely good gear, uh, Melora's Quiver may, may may be where you want to go to uh, to get by with it. You might be excuse me, you might wish to get by with what you've got until you get there, considering what how how much coin you carry on you at least. I don't want to be, like, rude or anything, but Jack just said we're walking into danger, so... Oh, Is yeah. this really safe? Yeah, no, no. No, no, but you'll, no. But you, you'll, you'll be fine. Zenus. You'll be fine. What kind of armor were you wearing previously? Me? Yes. Uh, it was um, half plate, I believe. It is a base AC of 15. It's like right outside on the ground if you want to go pick it up. <laughs> right. I, I was actually about to say that. So, um, yeah, well, you actually, go ahead hold on. What? Sorry? I said you go ahead and RP that then. Okay. Um, Albert, before we leave, two things. Um, Jack, there's armor outside. I was wearing it. It's nice. Not the best quality, but it should protect you fairly well. It's yours if you want it. It's on the ground right outside the window. Um, and then I turn to Albert um, and I, I get closer to him and I say, so no hard feelings about the murder, right? Water under the bridge. I don't even remember it. Good. <laughs> Wait, you murdered me? Doing like little finger guns. Wait, you, you murdered me? I would say that it was a mercy killing. You were dying anyway, and I thought of the best solution at the time to help you. I can drive with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Thank you, Grim. No hard feelings. That's good to know. I'm glad you're back. Wait, hold up. Albert, you died, yes. right? <clears throat> well, let's say for the sake of company... I was injured in a recent kerfuffle. As he nudges, he nods over to his daughter, who's welling up with tears at the thought of her father dying. Oh, okay. it's time um, to I go. 
<laughs> yes, um, I believe it is time to go. Corinne, you were saying. Uh, she Corinne kneels down and grabs the hands of Justine. Um, and she says, okay, there's no time to lose. Go and come right back, okay? And you leave Furman with our friends, remember? Remember how we we do this? And she says, okay, I'll be right back. I'll, I'll, I remember how we do these things. I'll, I'll be right back. Um, but before you go, Torque goes over to Grimm, who is the nearby person who seems to have his head on straight. Um, and uh, Torque says, uh, he ha- has a folded piece of paper. And he says, Grimm, you seem capable. I want you to take this, this uh, note and give it to Kate when you see her. You won't be able to miss her. She'll be she'll be obvious, and uh, Eros being with you will definitely clue you into who you are. Clue her into who you are. So please give her the sheet of paper if you don't mind. I will do it. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you all when you return. I'm gonna run outside and grab that armor that Grim definitely told me about. Whoop, 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 whoop. He did. He told you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So you run out there. You're 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 throwing your armor on as you walk back into the room. Um. <laughs> And uh, Justine walks to the center of the group and she holds her bear by one hand and she says, Okay, everybody, uh, grab on to Furman. We're about to go. I do, I do you do it? I want to put a, a arm around Eros, uh, I guess his waist is as far as I can reach. Yeah. <laughs> Stick with us, fella, and uh, you'll bend the rules of reality and life at death itself. It'll, uh, it's a grand adventure, as you see. So you'll, you'll be fine. I'm sure you'll, like 20% sure you'll be fine. I so. feel like I'm running to death right now. Oh, no. It's a leisurely stroll. Leisurely stroll. I'm going to put my hand on the what? nearest person's shoulder. I think that's me. Because I was best talking to you. The best chance is with us. That man makes point. That's true. Man yeah, makes- we're- Zenas, you and I are at a sharp disadvantage for not being in the same room with the rest of the Dungeon Boys. <laughs> um, that- you know what that means? Say, as I say that. that. Yeah, well, yeah, we do. We do need to get back together. But as I, I say that, I like lean down toward Eros and I say, but I'll have you know, Albert was right. You betray us, and I will be the one to kill you myself. And I lean back, and I'm like, who's ready? I want oh, to get up on tiptoes and lean up to him. But I'll bring you back. <laughs> Start fresh. Get a new one. All right. This is just great. In the middle of Arrow saying, this is just great, you hear, this is just grit, and then you hear a little pop. There it is. There's the noise. A pop. Um, your his voice is cut off by a popping noise. Everything is gray and milky and foggy, just like it was when you were in the crowd. That cloud, that purple magic, flows around you, but it's less angry this time and more calm and casual. It feels as if you're moving a million miles an hour uh, as Justine holds on to the bear that all four of you now have a hand on. She. Justine looks like she's walking gingerly, unfazed, with her eyes on some invisible horizon, while each of you feel like you're being dragged behind a thousand horses at top speed. And after a few moments of this... Jack is going to have a bit of a reaction to seeing all this again, and he's going to, like, seriously tighten his grip on Eros and uh, 
Arlo's shoulders. Oh, okay. this is like really a, tight now. Holding on to like the little safety bar on a roller coaster. Kind of <laughs> <deal>. <laughs> okay. Uh, and after a few moments of this, another pop and the light is blinding. Roll everyone, please. A constitution saving throw. That's what I'm doing. Jack, you roll with disadvantage, my friend. 18. Five. For Arlo. Wow. Oh. Keith, I don't like you. <laughs> I got a 10 and a nat 20. Uh-oh. So 10 plus 2 is 12. Yep. A 10 and a 5 for Eros and a what for Arlo? 18. Okay. A rare good a roll on a constitution. Okay, an 18 and a 19. All right, so our <laughs> Lady Starlock, five, a poor guy. <laughs> or five, the poor guy. Sorry, Eris. <laughs> um, hold on, hold on. So uh, yeah, uh, for a second, I thought you sucked in the microphone. <laughs> we pulled it back out. All right, good. So what happens is the light is blinding. There is The first thing you've experienced is the heat uh, right after the light and the sand underneath your butts and feet is uh, grim and Arlo. You guys just barely hold your lunch down. You feel very nauseous, but you don't actually vomit, and you barely make it to your feet as you catch your bearings and r- shake off the dizziness. And your eyes adjust to the light of the desert that you in that you're in. Jack and Eros, on the other hand, are vomiting violently on their hands and knees on the ground as they reappear after this extreme teleportation uh, has ceased. So uh, Jack and Eros are are now just losing their lunch. Nice. On the ground. Does Um, Jack have hair? In my in my throw up? No, like is it, like, is it hanging down? Yeah, he has really long hair, and like where his sideburns would be, like the hair is also long there, and it's uh, three separate braids that all kind of hang loosely there, almost kind of like a Native American looking type deal. Mm. That's cool. Grim reaches down and holds his hair out of the vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Gotcha. We need. I I know it's a lot to ask people who listen to the show. I know it's a lot to ask for there to be more of you, because you know <laughs> logically I can't I can't make there be more of you when there's not more of you. But man, my dream is to have just some of these moments immortalized in. A, I'd love to have a print. I would love to have a print of some wonderful artist who decided to draw Jack vomiting and Grim holding his hair. You know, I would love to have that in the middle of a desert. (laughs) And Lady Starlock. So in other words, he does have hair in his vomit. Yes. Yeah. Well, not as much as he would. (laughs) Right. Not as much as he would. So one day again, we spent a lot of a lot of time on Dungeon Boys or a lot of time in Dungeon Boys and uh, Taint Media Games is spent pining for the one day. So we assume that one day someone will draw this this thing. Um, so uh, Justine stands up, or she hasn't fallen down. She looks she looks completely unfazed. 
Um, as Eros is finishing his vomit and he stands up, uh, Justine turns to him and says, Eros, uh, I know you're the best, and, and I know that's not very well, but I want you to hold on to Furman, okay? And keep him safe, please. Uh, okay. Okay. That's the and, Yeah. Yep, yeah, and so she hands you she hands you her teddy bear, and remember this teddy bear has eyes that look very much like they could be made out of planium, as well. Um, and he's she says, uh, remember he he'll help you get home when you need to get home. Just be careful using him to get to different places because he gets a lot tired a lot more tired easier than I do. And then she points off to the to the horizon, and she says. Over there uh, is where town is, and that's where Kate should be. And please tell her I said hello and that we miss her at home. Mom says Melora's quiver is, is a wretched place, so I'm dropping you off outside of town. And Dad's always telling me I need to be inconspicuous. <laughs> um, my dear, I think you mean inconspicuous. That's what I said. Anyway, good luck. Bye. <laughs> and she she pops out of existence yeah, and now the, right. the four of you <laughs> you could make a mean mixed stick figure drawing lady starlock absolutely I, i'd take it honestly a stick figure vomiting i'll take it <laughs> just i'll take sticks. it <laughs> just a stick vomiting <laughs> not even the yeah. figure part <laughs> in in my notes after the line anyway good luck bye I just am cracking up at myself because after that I wrote, pop, she gone. <laughs> um, anyway, everybody roll perception, please. Cool. While we're percepting, may I ask everybody, hey, uh, everybody good? Yes, sir. Um, for the most part. Arlo, did you really think that she said that word correctly? Inconspicuous, yeah. That's closer, I suppose. Did did the Jack of your world not tell you how to speak a little bit more properly? No, he was showing me how to look at the words. How to look at the words? Yeah, what's it called? Um, uh, reading? Read, yeah, reading. Yeah, he was showing me uh, reading. He was showing you reading. Yeah. Well... I know how to spell dead children. Well... Arlo is like beaming at that. Well, <laughs> I, 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 let's let's start your lessons back up. I'm. I, it would seem I will have a different teaching style than the previous Jack. Um, we're not starting with dead children. You, you've got a good base there. That's several vowels and quite a few consonants. Right. I step away from Arlo quickly. <laughs> um. All it takes is a little perseverance. Yes, I, I see. You have a lot of work ahead of you, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I got a fifteen in perception. Twenty-five. Okay. Um, I rolled an eleven, and I normally know what my modifier is for that, but I do not recall. It's, it's a six, a so it's a seventeen. I got a nat twenty. Nice. You While you good. were doing that little bit of RP, you guys, 
I was trying to remember if Lady Starlock was the user who had the cool homemade uh, Rebel Alliance logo drawing, and I was like, mm, I'll check while I'm waiting on you guys to finish your conversation. I clicked it, and then her whole Twitch page came up in front of the, the chat. So apologize, Lady Starlock, for doxing you like that. If you don't follow Lady Starlock, go do that. She's a nice cow. Um, anyway, apologies. So... Um, who rolled above a 12? Everybody. Perfect. All right. So in the distance, you can tell that the town of Melora's quiver, uh, think Moss Isley, but with less round edges, um, is out into, uh, yeah. So Moss Isley, more tense, less round edges, um, is about a half a mile away in the distance. They are, you're in a desert area. There are rocks and boulders intermittently strewn about as deserts are typically populated. Um, what I am now going to do is I'm going to get rid of this image. Keith, when you mention Moss Eisley, I remember it less from the actual movie, and the uh, image of it that sticks out more is us playing Lego Star Wars. Yes. Mm. So there is no rounded corners in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. Gosh, if I could find the dang window where all app is. So if you want to look in all app. I want to look in all app. There ain't nothing here. I deign to glance upon it. You find your no, you find yourself here in the duny sandy area. Wow. His dunes are running perfectly. On the sand. <laughs> right. That's correct. To the north is Melora's Quiver. To the south (coughs) is a sand dune. Lego Star Wars is Lady Starlock's jam. Oh, yes. Lego Star Wars is that good, good, that good-ish. You know how it do. Anyway, um, after a few moments as you're checking it out, a sand dune lies behind you, blocking your sight backward any farther than a pile of sand. After a few moments checking your surroundings, you hear a noise. Would you mind? What was everybody telling me your perception rolls again? Natural 20. 15. 17. Rolling over the dune behind you, as you look north of the town, you hear a noise. And it looks like four men, each with their hands on a maybe a blanket or something like that, moving towards you. Uh, They are dragging on a tarp or something that whatever they can get under this creature. It looks like they're dragging a giant scorpion on a big canvas mat tied to some ropes and it looks like that could be the spoils of a hunt or something. And they are dragging this uh, presumably dead scorpion uh, towards the town of Melora's Quiver, and they begin to drag it down the sand dune and right past you, barely even noticing you as they, they drag the, uh, the scorpion past. They're dragging it toward the quiver? Yeah. They're coming over the sand dune from the south towards the north, and town is to the north. Okay. Arlo waves at them. Okay. Do we see the town, or...? Yeah, you see it about a half mile above you. Okay. Or to the north. Straight up in the air. Hey, uh, 
they seem to be going to Laura's Quiver now. Um, should we follow them? I don't see why not. That sounds um, fine to me. Isn't that where we're supposed to be going? Right. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, let's do that. Well, let's not sneak up on them. Let them know we're here. Hey, we're not sneaking up on you. We're just going the same direction. This uh, is the do this. We didn't, we didn't think you were sneaking up on us. We saw you in the distance. It's a daggum desert after all. You'd have to be blind not to see you. That is true. You make a strong <laughs> argument, but we're still falling behind you. Oh, we fall behind him. All right, then. <laughs> I guess we'll see you in town. You all might right, want to quiet down when you get there. What? What? Arlo, Arlo, let's <laughs> just walk. What? Let's what? just make it forward. We know where it is. Let's go that way. And I start walking off. And as you begin to walk off, you hear someone running over the dune behind you. Do they run into all the throw up? No, they don't. They okay, pass okay. by. <laughs> they look. They look at all the vomit and edge past it. Nice. The dune behind you. So let's say this map is about, gosh, two hundred feet long. Eh? What do you say? Widthwise or top to bottom wise? Sounds top to bottom wise. I. It's a big long map. Uh, and coming over that sand dune running is a beautiful young lady. Of course, that's subjective, but in my mind, she's a beautiful young lady in yeah. her probably late 20s. Uh, she's got long brown hair that seems to be tied back into a high pony. Uh, she has an athletic build. She is sprinting very athletically and quickly. Um, and she's got a voice that really carries. And you hear her say, Come back here with my kill, you gutter swine! Hey, you there! Stop those thugs! They stole my kill! I'm gonna roll insight real quick on this woman. Okay. There's a lot going on. <laughs> ready to kill. He's ready to do some stuff, but he wants to be sure it's the right people. Kill him. Uh, well, that's a 26, so is it the right people? Um, Eros, I need you to roll one, buddy. Oh, insight. Let's... An insight to her... Uh, as much as you can tell, Grim, from this distance, her, her voice sounds genuine. Good enough for me. John got an 11. Yeah, I got 11. Does Eros not recognize her? I'm, the, I'm about to find out if he can see her well enough. Okay, he got an 11 on insight. Gotcha. With that perception roll, Eros, you do recognize this is indeed Kate Fullheart, who, if you don't fully know, are at least suspicious that she's married to Torque Fullheart. You don't know her last name. Her name's Kate. So that she is, but you yeah. don't know her that well. Her name's Kate Fullheart. She's married to Torque. <laughs> Wait, hold up. So I know that I know her name, but I don't know her. You you recognize her. Okay. You know yeah. she's been around the Fullhearts a lot. Uh, she, she's you, a friend. You, uh, okay. you recognize that she is Kate. She is the person you're here to meet. Hey, it's Kate. Wait, Kate. You know her? Uh, she's a friend of everybody. I'm pretty sure. I see. Everybody. Not everybody, but like everybody that we know. John, yes, she hold, walk that back. You know she's the person that you're here to meet. Yes, she's oh, wait, more yeah, than she's a friend of everybody. <laughs> well, shouldn't we good enough catch up with her? I mean, our meeting's going that way. 
No. Well, then why don't we run then? Run. All right. <laughs> All right. Runs off, stumpy legs are pumping. I'm willing to take her word for it. So uh, you you don't actually have to catch her. The person we're she is behind her. No, I thought oh. you were talking to me. Or she's no. behind you. I where, thought we were running where towards are the, the people uh, in regards to us. Yeah, that guy. Like starting with her and then working the way up. I got you. I'm gonna lay it out on the map here. So she's at the south end of the map. You guys are in the middle of the map. Okay. Wow, it's irritating that both of you have A-R-R-A-R names. <laughs> John, There's you want to no have your way. name start with E? Uh, okay, I'll be Eros. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Um, Jack will just be A-O on the map. A-O. And then... Why is Jack A-O? A-O. A-O. <laughs> You've got an O on the end of your name, that's why. These T's don't stand for anything in particular. Toads. Pay no Thief. attention to the man behind the curtain. Can we have They might stand for BPs. Thief, I don't know. It's to what? BPs for beautiful and pretty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's not say we did. And yeah, when we tried to do... Yeah, going by last letters would make it a lot easier to understand, Lady Starla. How far away are they from us? Uh, we about to find out, baby boy. We about to find out. Um, got ourselves a giant scorpion over here. Bada bingo, bada boombo. You know one thing we ain't got though. Don't go mirror of positive reinforcement. I'm just saying. Well, if this is a you can bring that up to ground. <laughs> if this is a two hundred foot map, um, we're about three fifths of the way up. All right, so let's call that little square right there for reference. That's a that's a that's a ten foot square. Oh yeah. If that that'll helps, do. yeah, that'll work. And I'll that I mean I'll try my best to be as concrete with distances as I can. Um, but I won't be able to fully do that. So, uh, bear with me on distances. Um, we're going to have to, so the whole thing, we got 12 minutes left of this episode. Let's I do say, it. let's get it popping, dude. Let's, let's get, it. let's pop it off. I say, let's Ro- go through the whole thing. Okay. Whole we might can do that right now. Roll initiative. My friends, if you guys are going to help her out, we're doing it. Ooh, it's a net 20. Ooh, it's a nap tin. Josh, I don't know how this app. Boom. Boom. Uh yeah. Boom. Initiate. Hey, crit. Hey. Alright, so we re-roll because we both got crit. Okay. So that is a nineteen plus one. You got a Whoa. ten plus two. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went on that one. Nice. I always hate it when I blow a when I blow an initiative rule with or I blow a twenty on an initiative rule. No, that's all good. I had to blow a twenty on disadvantage huh? earlier. Uh, no, I'm good. You good? Yes. Yeah. All right. 
I'm going to roll initiative for our T-Boys. I will tell you this. These guys look a bit like thugs. Also, it should be known that... Um, that... Eros is... A, uh, a level... He's level three. So he's got some learning to do with the rest of the party. Everybody else is level 10. Right. Uh... Tell me what your rolls were again. I'm sorry. I was... We both got nat 20. We re-rolled, and then I got the higher number. I got 12. Okay. Okay. What you got, Grim? Uh, I got a 10. I and Jack? All right, so which one's higher? Uh, 16. Uh, 8. All right. So, Grim got... An 11, we'll say. <laughs> and Jack got a 10. All right. So now I'm going to roll up. Mr. Arlo will be first. Yeah. Then Mr. Eros. Uh, then we'll have other things. And then we'll have Grim. Then we'll have Jack. And then we'll have other things. Other mysterious things. All right, so it would be smart of me to do the following. Wait, are we in combat? About to be. Could you read the order one more time? Josh, me, and I don't know who else. Uh, Starts out Arlo, then Eros. Uh, and then you have enemies. All of them going together. Uh, this is one of those situations where I kind of hesitate to give you the initiative order. Okay. Didn't just say that, Bo. Gotcha. Well, I didn't really think about hesitating until I got halfway through it, but then I do hesitate. Oh, so you <laughs> All right. off like one minute ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're trying to we're trying to get back in the swing of things, guys. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, Arlo, or Arlo, what will you do as Kate runs over the dune, telling you to stop and help those people, help her get those people? Oh, see, now I'm just confused. Um, I'm gonna start heading in the general general direction in a more running fashion towards this group of Mister T's. Okay. And I How wanna, much are you doing it? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a dash because I'm I'm using I'm using everything I got. I'm headed that that direction as quick <laughs> as I can. And uh, I, I wanna I wanna shout out towards them. Hey, you take something from this lady? No, we took a we we took a giant scorpion from the land fair and square. Okay, hold on. I just want to keep running. Okay. <laughs> Arlo is just, he, he's an oblivious and trusting idiot, but he wants to get to the bottom of this. Okay. That's Next it. That's, is Eros. Eros. Uh, I will move with Arlo, so. You have more speed than I do. I got little short legs. Right, so I'd get fifty feet. So you'd get you'd be able to get sixty. I will be in touching range then. Of me? Uh, yes. Okay. 
Okay. So, so you maybe don't, you don't use him? all your movement. You just want... Okay, you're running right right behind Arlo then. And then I can do something else, right? Yep, that was just your movement. You can do an action and a bonus action if you want. Then I'm going to play on... Then I'm going to do Guidance and Touch Arlo. Okay. What that do? I don't remember. Read it out. He rolled Got himself. It. You touch one willing creature. Once before the spell ends, the target can roll a d4 and add a number rolled to one ability check of its choice. It can roll the dice. It can roll. It can roll the die before the afting. Before or after making. Yeah, it can before or after making the ability check. The spell then ends. Cool. So it just adds a D4 okay. to a check. Cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then that's it, right? That's it. Okay. That's it. <laughs> War says, cool, now we can see more than just Tank picking his nose. Now you can see all five of us pick our nose. Right, everybody at once, synchronized. Get up and then when we're on camera together, you can see uh, all four of them and myself pick my nose. Right. Just all of us at once going after Keith's nose. All right. I'm, I'm going to allow John's spell to apply to attack rolls as well, because I believe that might have been the spirit of the spell. So for this time, I'll let that apply to an attack roll, Arlo, if you choose so choose to make one. Okay. It'd be on a, an ability check. So, okay. So you want, want to do an attack roll on this? Just, just going to fudge it on this one? Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like that was probably the spirit of John's spell. Okay, that'll work. Just want to widen the scope for now. Got it. We're all good. All right. All right. Uh, that is now. It is now Grim's turn. Woo! Um, so how far away are they from us? Uh, from you at this point, they're probably seventy feet. Oh, oh no! <laughs> that's that's literally. <laughs> <laughs> right out of the rain. Right I didn't there. know. I didn't know. Because, uh, okay, so, okay, all right. That's fine. Um, I'm going to, um, I'm going to activate, a, uh, well, I'm going to move forward the 40 feet that Grim possesses. Okay. And then I'm going to um, activate a rage. Which will allow me to move an additional uh, twenty feet once per uh, thing. So it's uh, as part of the bonus action you take to enter your rage, you can move up to half your speed. Um, so he's gonna get like right there. Yeah. And then that's uh, and we we did say he's got Poxy, right? Yeah, he's got Poxy. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and throw Poxy at uh, T4. Nice. Who's right there. So <laughs> I love, like, you got, th- this is just like an opening battle, like, definitely. Uh, it's, it's obvious that I'm just giving you something, like, you know, to fight to start off the season with, et cetera, et cetera. But also just the idea that these guys may or may not have stolen this girl's giant scorpion. This guy's about to get a trident through his spine. <laughs> what else can i do hang on i need to see tit for tat sorry i mean that's what happens he it is he screwed up he shouldn't have done it let it rip dude (laughs) let it rip Uh, 
I'm only commenting on the decision you made. I say let that let that thing rip. Uh, well, I'm trying to see if there's anything. Oh, oh, well, that's not gonna help me. That's not gonna help me here. It won't. Um. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just gonna throw it at him. Nice. For good measure, I'm gonna add in a few. Uh, a few, you know, rocks and dunes and things for them to hide behind, you know? Just going to throw in some stuff around the world. We had this last time. Those are refrigerator boxes. No, 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 no. These are rocks, young oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Parkour! Looks a lot like your standard D&D town as well. Right? Shut up! <laughs> standard issue. Maybe you should have done I- circles. I am doing my best, John. I don't care that there was a circle option right beside the square option <laughs> and that you're obviously right. <laughs> I kind of look forward to seeing the uh, foundry thing, though. True. Oh, it'll be good. Tune in. We're going to improve, chat. I promise. We're going to improve. I'm glad you're here already, but we're going to improve. Anyway. Well, it'll be less ugly next time, too. I make well, no promises. I- I'm not making promises, too. No. Yeah. I got All a right. 14 to stab. From a distance. 14 to stab. That will definitely hit their armor class. Oh, yes. yes. These guys are wearing leather armor. They're kind of grizzled. One or two of them has an eye patch. Don't look very wealthy. So They have stepped into the wrong situation and they did not know it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One has a new trident-shaped uh, appendage. <laughs> Alright, so that's, uh, that's 19 damage. Shoo wee mama, as they say. First blood so is that, drawn. So that trident flies through the air out of your hand and jams into his back. Ow! God dang! As the trident shoots through the side of his back and goes between some ribs, he can feel the, the barbs of the trident hook onto him some of his ribs as well, and he is immediately slowed down, and he drops the rope that he's using to hold onto this canvas, he, and he, he stops in his tracks. Yes, that is good. Anything uh, else? I, have, I possess extra attack, but I can't use it because I've got nothing else. Yeah. Um. So, yep, that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to sit right there and say, I'm going to raise up my fists ready to punch, and I'm just going to say, come on then, who's next? All right, this guy's just going to go, ah! and now it's Jack's turn. Okay, um, Grim was behind me, right? He was. Thank you so much, Spars324, for following. We appreciate you. Thanks, Spars. We do indeed. Thank you. So Grim was behind me. He was 70 feet. So how close am I to T4? We'll say you're about within 60. Okay, wait. T4 is the one that just got impaled, right? Correct. Okay. Then I'm going to run my movement speed up there. And now, am I within 60 feet of, say, T2? 60 feet of T2? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is he... He's dragging um, the carcass, right? He's got, like, a rope or whatever pulling it? Yeah, all all four of them were holding ropes and dragging. Okay. Which actually then would make sense that the scorpion is back here. All right. Man, I... This is not going to go well. I really am not a good paladin. Um, 
It is yet to be seen. I am going to cast command on T2. Yeah. Shout the word drop. And he should he is fail on a wisdom save, he will drop whatever he is holding. Nice. Okay. And what's the what's the uh whatever what I roll against ends its turn. Huh? Against Okay. You probably beat it. <laughs> Your spell save DC? Eleven. He rolled an eight. Oh, sweet. Hey. Better paladin than I thought. Drop that dang rope. You yep. scallywag. So he's running with the rope in his hands, and when you give him the command drop, he's his back stiffens up and he drops the rope as if he's trying to fight against it, but he just drops the rope in front of him. <laughs> And the right side of the scorpion tarp has been dropped. Sweet. Wow, that was a lot easier than I thought. Mm. What else you got? Um, that's all I got. Uh, I don't know. Is this supposed to happen on its turn? You speak a one-word command to a creature you can see within range. Target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. Follow the command on its next turn. Yeah, sorry. His uh, turn is next. Okay, cool. Then yeah, that was all I did. Okay, cool. Oh, he drops the rope. Next, the uh, the other the the it's going to be the time for the thugs to react. Thug number one is going to turn around. And he's going to run over here, knowing that his buddy's been harmed, and he's going to take some half cover behind a rock. All right, Lady Starlock, uh, we might be done by the time you come back, but know that we love you. You're the best. Thank you for being here and chatting with us a little bit while we play D&D. And, of course, again, Sparse, thank you so much for being here. Bye-bye. But T1 is going to go run behind this rock. He's going to prop up a heavy crossbow onto that rock, and he's going to fire it off at... uh, at Jax, who's just put himself between uh, him and the uh, and Grim, gonna roll a nineteen on that one. Ooh, yep, yeah, and that's gonna be a a little bit of big damage too, possibly. I got a pretty big nope. One um, he fires his heavy crossbow and he does one d ten worth of damage but only rolls a two. So this crossbow grazes your arm as you held up your hand to cast your spell right under the underside of your arm, slicing through a bit of your triceps, and you take two damage. I have lost less than 2% of my health. Awesome. Um, so he's going to fire that thing again at you, unsatisfied. This time he rolled an 11. That would not hit. His next crossbow bolt fires across, and as you pull your arm down and turn towards him, you're able to, a a crossbow bolt flies directly past the bridge of your nose. You feel a fletching on it as it passes by. Um, Thug number two is going to drop the rope, but he gets a free action, or that is, you know, his full free interaction thing. What It says he drops the rope and ends its turn. Oh, ends his turn. Awesome. Okay, so he just drops the rope. He just drops the rope and is frozen there in in fear or just trying to maintain whatever wisdom he has. Um, Thug number two is going to actually take cover behind this uh, giant scorpion here. 
and he's going to lean out, and he's also going to fire at Jack, who's the first thing that he can see. Son of Jengus. Jack, you're always the target. Yeah. And I'm the only one that hasn't died. <laughs> yeah, you put yourself in harm's way. Now, so he fires, but he is going to fire one at you, and he's going to miss. His next bolt is headed for Grim. He's going to try to do some target management here. He missed one. He missed the skinny guy. He's going to go for the buff guy. He rolls a 14 to hit Grim. That does not hit. Grim is able to, with his rage, turn and glint his eyes towards the arrow, and it dissolves on the way. (laughs) No, uh, it, 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 It goes right past his rib cage as he dodges out of the way of the crossbow bolt. Um, and then thug number four is going to turn around and the javelin that's in his back, he's going to, he's going to turn around and find Jack right there. And he thinks that the javelin might've come from Jack. So he's going to turn around and using his mace, swing his mace wildly, uh, to hit old Jack law. His first one was a miss, but his second one was a 22. That's a hit. So you're going to take four damage from his mace. Wow, very bad damage rolls for these guys. He swings his mace in the air, and he swings it at your head, and you duck against it. But as he comes around the second time, he does catch you in the leg with the mace, um, causing you you four damage. And it is uh, Arlo's turn once more. Ooh, baby. All right. We'll do one more round. Right up on... Thug Thief number four, right? The impaled one, yes. The impaled one. So, Thug Sickle. How far away is number three? Number three, you're probably 30 feet from the scorpion and 40 feet from the third one. From the third one? Okay. From um, T3. Passing on that one, then, it's a little bit too much for the area I got. I'm just going to. Keep on headed towards Jack and Grim, and I'm gonna shout towards uh, shout towards Jack my healing word. Jack, always remember, you got to suck less. <laughs> and he gets an eight, extra eight points of healing. Oh. Wow! Nice. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Didn't even need it all. Not the whole thing, no. No, no, no. Um, all right. Is it Eros' I, turn? Are you? One moment. Uh, other than that, I just want to. Um, I just want to grab my my not often used shield and equip that. Okay. Uh, cool. Can I see these? Thugs? Now it's Eros' turn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Then I'm going to use... Even T1 and... Huh? I was going to say T1 and T3 are in half cover right now. Okay. I can see T4 and T2, right? You can see them. Okay. You can see them all. Oh, okay then. I'm going to use T4. And I'm going to do blindness and... Blindness slash deafness. Nice. You can blind or deaf a foe. Choose one creature that you can see within range to make a constitution saving throw. If it fails, the target is either blind or deafness. Your choice. For the duration at the end of each turn, the target can make a constitution saving throw on a success 
the spell ends. So nice. what's your uh, DC? All right. <clears throat> my, what do you mean my DC? 12. Oh, it's D. I mean, it's 12. Got to pass a 12. Ah, he rolled a... He rolled a thirteen, so he's able to shrug off. What What were you going to do? Blindness or deafness? I was going to blind him. Okay, so a flash of light appears in his eyes, and he's able to blink it away as he stares with blood and his blood in his teeth from being impaled by a trident, looking directly towards you and Jack and the rest of the party. And then I just, you know, actually, I'm going to run to the group, basically, and that's right. it. You head up to the group. Okay. Um, it's now uh, not that guy's turn. And it is um, Groom's turn. Cool. <clears throat> oh my gosh. I've completely forgotten one thing. Uh-oh. Kate? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, Kate, to catch up. Kate used her last turn to try to catch up. Yeah. And now, now we're back up to date. So now it's Grim's turn. I'm going to go up to number four, and I'm going to give him the old one punch, and if that doesn't kill him, I'm going to give him the number two punch as well. All right. <sighs> I'm going to give him the burger, and if he's still hungry, he can have a side of fries. Am I right, boys? Uh, sure, sure. You're right. Freaking right. <laughs> Nobody um, number two punch. <laughs> so that is the Mighty 15. The Mighty 15 will hit. Uh, 21 damage. 21 damage. You punch this guy, uh, in his, in his neck and your punch is so, is you, are you, you're doing your necrotic damage that comes with your class thing that we agreed upon? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. So, um, um, he's got his gloves on as well with the spikies. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, I'm going to make those. I forgot about that. Ooh, that'd be cool. So you punch that guy in the neck with your spiky gloves, and it just opens his neck up. His larynx and everything is just exploded with your rage fist. It's very brick from Borderlands. <laughs> Break, you know, busting it up. His his body slides backwards across the stand as you pull your punch back. Nice. <laughs> what the hell was that? Um. So, uh. How far away is T3? Uh, maybe 20 feet. I'm going to go punch him too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got, I got two. Will you allow me to pick up uh, Poxy as a free action? Of course. Excellent. I pick up <laughs> Poxy as a free action. All right, you pick up Poxy uh, the Trident. We are up late, Hale, a little bit. That's We're about to finish up. 27 to hit. Yep, that 27 will definitely hit. Uh, we need to make note of the meaty ripping noises as he removes Poxy from its makeshift sheath. Yeah, right? yeah. He at, so as he punches the guy, he kind of turns over backwards, flipping uh, flipping over. As he flips over, the handle of Poxy becomes visible, and Grim pulls it out as the guy flips backwards and <laughs> sucks it out of his back, ready to f- fire again. Excalibur. Um, so 22 damage to this All right. guy. All right, 22 damage. He takes that hit, but he does not like it one bit. Is he still you alive? Pu- you punch him You punch him in his chest, almost caving the thing in, and he... <laughs> what the hell is your dick, Corpion? 
<laughs> and yeah, he's still alive. All right. All right. Grim's going to go into a frenzy. <laughs> oh um, starting when you choose this path at third level, you can go into a frenzy when you rage. If you do so for the duration of your rage, you can make a single melee weapon attack as a bonus action on each of your turns after this one. Oh, crap. I can't do it after this one. Mm. Never mind. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. That'll be for later. Also, you probably have to do it. You probably have to do it when you start the rage as well. It doesn't say that, but that's probably what they're implying. It could be. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all Grim's turn. He's going to stand there and focused on this man ready to kill him. He's just standing there menacingly. (laughs) Bloody tried it in his left hand. Bloody right hand. All right, Jack, what you got? Red right hand. Um, let me see. Well, everybody else done dropped the tarp after the one guy. I guess you know, like crowd mentality and all that. Yep, group think Ring style. Yeah. Dang it! I don't have any stuff. <laughs> now yeah, that you're I kind of. It, I don't even think I was supposed to cast command. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. You got a couple cleavers on you. I gave my crossbow to Burb. Oh, I've got I've got some daggers I can throw <laughs> for a D four okay. damage. I have no dexterity, so <laughs> man, I suck. <laughs> All right, let's give this the old try. Who you who you attacking? <laughs> Don't matter. <laughs> That's a one. That's a one. Alright, um, so you sling a deck. I stand there not so menacingly. <laughs> you sling a dagger out of your hand and it, it goes flying past T three and the 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 point of the blade of it just collides with that tiny rock on the other side of him and it kind of bends the dagger over. <laughs> The rock is on hard. What else you got? <laughs> That's it. That's me. Okay. All right. So ter- uh, number three is going to turn around and try to use his mace on you, Mr. Grimm. Okay. He's going to roll an unnatural 20 on the first one. He's going to do it. And then a, a natural uh, 18 on the second one. He's not going to do that one. All right. So he rolls eight damage on the first one. He collides with your belly with the mace, causing you eight damage. He goes to swing again, and you throw up Poxy and knock his mace away uh, as the mace comes back around. Uh, Um, It it does not hit as hard as he thinks it does. Right. T1, yeah, because of your rage. Yes, sir. T1 is seeing the rage beast that's coming towards him. It's also going to fire his crossbow bolts at you. And he's going to say, hey, what's the big deal? It's just a scorpion. Y'all let us go. Um, And he's going to roll a 21 for one crossbow hit. That'll do. And then he's going to miss the second crossbow hit. So this will be 
dang, another two damage. They got bad aim with these crossbows. His crossbow is going to slip past, is going to slip between your legs, this bolt, and kind of slice a, slice a cut in your leg. Are we fighting stormtroopers? And then, <laughs> I don't know. Yep, looks like it. <laughs> then we're going to do, T2 is going to do the same thing, Grim. He, they're afraid of the rage monster. Um, a natural 20 oh. on one of them. A natural 20, so we're going to double his damage. He's going to do 18 damage with his crossbow bolt flying through. It does stick right in to the, to right underneath your arm, just sliding in uh, to your body, but maybe not as deep as he might have thought. Um, Kate Fullheart is going to dash to the nearest rock over here, and then... The final thing that you hear and see before this episode is over is that all the raging happening and all the all the battle and the maces swinging around and the and the bolts flying. No one really noticed until this moment that that scorpion might not have been dead. So <laughs> the last thing you see, Arlo being in tune with nature. You see the twitch of the scorpion tail as a crossbow bolt doesn't hit Grim and sinks into the exoskeleton of the scorpion. You see a twitch of the tail, and you know that that scorpion is still alive. Dun dun dun! Thank you so much for watching Dungeon Boys and listening to Dungeon Boys this week. We hope you had a good time. Dungeon Boys, did you have a good time? Yeah. That was good. We're back, baby. We're back. We're back, baby. We're back. It was a good, good time. My computer is acting funny, so I'm going to have to get finished with it. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you're listening on the podcast, there are links in the podcast description uh, where you can... Keep track of me on social media with Tank Media Games. You can join our Discord to chat about D&D and everything else uh, that we do here. Um, there's all kinds of links that you can enjoy down there. I make more than Dungeons & Dragons stuff. Hopefully one day all the boys will maybe be able to make more than just Dungeons & Dragons content together with us. We all are nerd boys. We all like the video games. So hopefully we'll see more of them in the future. But for now, it's, it's Dungeon Boys where we all get together and share our love for the Dean. Um, but this has been dungeon boys. Leave us a review. If you'd like to, if you're here watching on Twitch and you don't normally listen to podcasts, but you, you know, have a podcast app, maybe go leave us a review. That'd be nice. Uh, it helps visibility for the show and get other people to like it. Um, thank you so much to everybody who hung out. Hale says, Oh, good episode and good end. And that is the kind of thing I like to hear as a DM. Thank you all so much for hanging around. Uh, Thank, glad John got to join us as well. Um, podcast listeners, please remember that we love you all very much. Bye. Toodles. Later. Later.